as disciples, we must really, really, really become aware that God has something better for us. Do you agree with that? As disciples, as children of the living God, as children of the rock, of the love, of the power of peace that we just sang about, that God has something better for us. You see, God calls his disciples, God calls people, and sometimes those people have dreams. Sometimes they are dreams of their own. Sometimes they are God-given dreams. I remember just because I mentioned the word dream, I'm reminded of Martin Luther King who had a dream. And he talked about that dream for many years. And because he had that dream, many others can actually fulfill and realize their dreams too. However, sometimes those dreams are not as clear and sometimes they are invaded by ourselves. So what's going to happen is that as we come closer to God, those visions, those dreams, those ideas will become clearer and we will discover a new way, a new desire to make a difference that will become very clear and cut for us so that we can then follow that vision. But what would happen if in the middle of you realizing your vision, what would happen if in the middle of you doing what you always wanted to do, of you practicing and doing that which you love, what would happen if in the middle of it, somebody comes and disrupts, interrupts, and invades your life? What would you do? If in the middle of you having the most fun of your life career-wise, which there are not that many of us, Jesus comes into your life and disrupts it, interrupts it, and just makes a mess out of it. Well, listen to and for the word of the Lord as I read from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 21, because this is precisely what happened to four individuals. One day, the word of the Lord says, as Jesus was walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water so they fished for a living. Jesus called them out to, out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left there their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting on a boat, with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. <laughs> they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed many, many people with every kind of disease. And illnesses. Peter and Andrew, James and John were fishermen. They actually lived by the sea, they breathed the sea, they ate the sea, they swam in the sea, they lived by the sea. What happens to people that live by the sea? They usually go fishing. 
Actually, uh, it is suspected that Peter may have been a, 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 an industrialist or a businessman because we know that he had a home in the city of Caesarea, which was a vacation in town. He had a home up in Helen. Or maybe by St. Simon. He was a fisherman. He was probably the owner of a fishing company. And if you think about fishermen in those days, this is the main staple food. This is what people are going to buy on a daily basis. So if you were a fisherman, you were in the business. You were in one of the main industries of the day. John and his brother James were also fishermen. However, it seemed that the business was owned by the father Zebedee. So God sometimes desires for us to draw our vision wider. And in this case, he interrupts, he disrupts, and he just makes a big difference in this man's lives. I don't know what happened in this man's lives, but if somebody who looks kind of crazy approaches me or looks too religious, that would be a better description, approaches me, just say, hey, follow me, and says, you're kidding? See, I don't know what Jesus, what those words, how those words were translated in this man's heart who listened and heard them. But obviously something was happening in their hearts, in their lives, that they decided to get up and they walked around. They walked. See, they were not settling or getting stagnant in their business. They decided to find something more meaningful, more purposeful in their lives. Jesus interrupted their life, disrupted their living, and is going to show them a different way of life, a different way of doing their lives. And every time Jesus shows up in the market, in the synagogue, on the hills of Galilee, of Palestine, in the towns and city of Palestine, people experience God. God would show up. The problem is not so much that God would show up, the problem is that our lives would then somehow have to change. Somehow when God shows up in our existence, our life can be shattered, can be shifted, will be changed. Isn't that what happened to the people who experienced God throughout the vision life of Jesus? Like the woman who's called Mary Magdalene, that the Roman centurion who saw his servant being healed, like the woman whose son was healed, like so many miracles, the lame and, and, and the blind, the demon-possessed, the woman of Samaria who encountered God and her life was changed. Jesus invaded these people's lives. He interrupted their lives and he disrupted their lives with God's goodness. Has that happened to you? Have you ever had the experience of God invading your life in a particular moment, interrupting your ways or, or, or your plans, and then disrupting them in such a way that you're glad about it? <laughs> After a few days of the events, yeah, you begin to think, oh, this was good. <laughs> That's the way it happens. Has it happened to you? You see, because the interesting thing is that I find that while our visions, our dreams, and our desires have to do with ourselves, with what I call by Trinity, me, myself, and I, my Trinity, my visions tend to be that way. But when God interrupts, invades, and disrupts my vision, guess what happens? God brings people into the picture. 
Let me tell you, these four men were fishermen. And I'm going to argue that they were fishermen because that's what they learned. That was their living. But I wonder if they were fishermen because they just didn't like to hang out with people. <laughs> Think about it. Because some of us men, when we get tired of the runaround, of doing the circus, of doing the, the rat race, where do we go sometimes? Fishing. Don't we say, I'd rather, go, I'd rather be fishing? Well, these guys did that. And out there fishing, you're dealing with the elements and just a few other people. But not many people. But God interrupted their lives. God invaded their lives. God changed their directions, their visions from being fisher of fish to now being fisher of people. I don't know if I like that. People, you know, Drew, that life is perfect until other people invade it. <laughs> However, that is the way that God's visions work. God's vision is always connecting people with people. God does not call people to God's kingdom to be islands alone, you know, and do their thing by themselves because all I'm seeking is spirituality and I have nothing to do with anybody else. That is not God's spirituality. That is, again, our own vision of our own spirituality to satisfy my trinity, me, myself, and I. And it has nothing to do with anybody else. But God's vision is always directing us to connect with people, not alone at sea, but with a hustle and bustle in the community, with a stank, with a smell, with a goodness, with a sourness, with a pains that everything brings together. God's new vision is better, but it involves people. Five years ago, we came together as Light of Hope. By the graces of three older congregations that were in decline and they were about to close, they decided to find God and God interrupted them, God disrupted them, God invaded them, and they did the undoable. They sold buildings, they closed churches, and they came together, and above all things, they invited the entire community, black, white, Asian, African, Hispanic, to worship along with them. How Georgia is that? Well, Amen. And that's what happened. You see, uh, Jennifer, can you please find in, in the iPad that's running this thing the slide with the vision statement? Way up ahead. You're going to have to go way up ahead, almost towards the end, and then go back to that one that you have on. Because I want to show you. There you go. Lidaho Presbyterian Church is a new worshiping community. Have we realized that in the last five years? That's done. It's happening. It's happening. Are we satisfied? Are we happy that Light of Hope is a new worshiping community? It's happened, right? Do I have any gladness? Okay. Now, the second part of this vision is welcoming new disciples. Welcoming new disciples. How many of you have come to this congregation in the last three years? Let me see your hands. Last three years. Last three years. Pat, Don, you've been here since we came. <laughs> the last three years only. Very good, you see? Welcoming new disciples. Now, that has happened. It needs to continue to happen. And then this is where we're at now. This is where the threshold, this is where now the vision is shifting from coming together to now embrace and inspire our diverse community with God's love and hope 
in Jesus Christ. Let's go to that other slide. Because how do we do that? How do we inspire? How do we embrace our... Well, we've done that. We begin to test the waters. We have begun to work on that. For example, in our summer camp, it's impacting the lives of many families and the new ones and old ones in the community, helping kids to become more effective, more confident in their academic success. Right, Marcus? Yeah. Oh, he was out there. He was thinking football, probably. So, <laughs> low academic levels are a challenge in our neighborhood. How do we embrace that? Can we imagine perhaps opening the bottom floor of our building to open a, an elementary Christian school to demonstrate the love and hope of Jesus Christ to our low-income, deserving kids? That is widening the circle. Homelessness is an issue that we have in our community. Can you imagine if we could own a property and partner with an organization who is successfully helping homeless families to get back up? That's called the Hope House. That is widening our vision. Stress, anxiety, depression plague our communities. Hopelessness is taking over the hearts of many. Can you imagine if we could have a spiritual counseling center to bring God's love and hope in Jesus Christ. We began with a spin ministry, but can we widen the vision? Can you imagine a parenting academy? Can you imagine the opportunities that God can give us with a vision, not for me, myself, and I, or not for the church, but for impacting, making a difference, talking about the love, the hope of Jesus Christ in our community? You know, the disciples followed Jesus for three years after this encounter. They followed him. And, and the day Jesus was arrested, they freaked out. They panicked. John chapter 21 tells us that the one of them says, I'm going fishing. <laughs> Check it out. 21. He gave up. There were two others. The gospel of Luke tells us that they closed shop in Jerusalem because Jesus was there. So they're going now back to Emmaus. We're going back home. Go back to what we used to do. But while the disciples were fishing, they went back to what they knew what to do. While the disciples were fishing, one of them happened to look towards the shore. And he saw a figure in the shore. And he said, that's the Lord. He got so excited that he took his, his clothes, he bounded up. I don't know how they used to do that, but he jumped in the water and he walked towards the shore. And when the other ones arrived at the shore, when they got there, the story tells us, they found breakfast waiting for them. Yeah. Fish cooking over the charcoal fire and some warm bread. And Jesus tells them, why don't you bring some of the fish that you have just caught? No condemnation. No judging. They may have failed, they may have failed the course in fishing for people. <laughs> the back fishing for fish. But you know, Jesus knew what was next. Jesus knew what was next. And there was a big catch coming up. There was a big catch coming up 10, 15 days from that date. And that was Pentecost. Because my brothers and sisters, Pentecost is coming. And Pentecost opens the vision wider. Pentecost opens the door wider. 
So the big catch is coming. Can we open and widen our vision? Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your faithfulness, for your insistence in loving us. When some have scattered because it was too much pressure, when some just gave up, for some reason you kept us going. For some reason you kept us safe. For some reason you kept us confident. For some reason you're interrupted, invaded, and disrupted our lives. And sometimes we discover that that which is your vision may have been our vision, but now we're carrying it for your glory and not ours. And sometimes you change our whole mind, and, and sometimes from what we have been doing for a long time, suddenly you change our minds, and instead of doers, we are supporters. We are backers, and we thank you for that privilege. We thank you, Lord, for the ministries that we have begun to scratch the surface in this community, the ones that we think we know about and those that you have for us that we haven't even heard or imagined. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for all the ways in which the community is getting to know not the building but you, oh God. The building is just a tool, and we thank you for it too. We thank you for the many ways in which members have come together to create events and experiences to build our lives from home Bible studies to even a car wash. We thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus who invaded, interrupted, and disrupted this foreman's vision because you always have something better for us than what we can settle for. But he also taught us together to be together and pray together the words he gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.